This week on the Fake Outrage Report, we talk about teaching children about the benefits of slavery. And some folks in Kentucky decide to party in a prison. Hello and welcome to the Fake Outrage Report, the least important debate show on the internet. I'm Phil Causey with you as always, and this week... The uh, current mean brown guy, Sandeep Sen, is on a ski trip because he's actually whiter than me. So guess who I got? Hello. Oh, you might recognize that voice, listeners who've been with us for a while. That's right. The original brown guy is back in the house for uh, a night and uh, probably a few others during the course of this winter or spring. Uh, Jay Raj, welcome back. Hey, thanks. All right. So Good you're you're here. you're back in New York now, yeah? Uh, yeah, I just moved back a couple months ago. Yes. Getting back in the city. moving back from Texas to New York in January. That's a great idea. Oh, yeah. No, it's, I moved in <laughs> October. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> right before it got bad. Had a chance to burrow. Yeah, you had a chance for like a week or two of okay weather. Because yeah. I was kind of worried about that. Because I remember I moved back when I was living in Florida one year in like May. And I was freezing my nuts off when it was like 67 degrees outside in Connecticut. So I couldn't imagine what you've been going through, going from like that Texas yeah. fall and summer to New York. Ah, it was fine. You know, you put on long johns, you're good. Yeah. And you brought you out of the house now, which is good. You know, you're not living with the folks anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. A little bit. So you're doing, uh, what are you doing these days in terms of, I know you're back doing journalism. Are you, you're on stage now too? You back Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, I've, I've done a few shows trying to book me on your shows. I don't know if anyone listening to this has shows. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Any yeah. non-comics, that getting, means um, give me some fucking stage time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, getting, I can plug shows at the end, I guess. But yeah, I'm doing more shows and I'm uh, trying to get back into improv and acting and do it. I gotta know? do an improv class. Showbiz. I gotta do that. I heard it's good. And I heard there's hot girls in there too. Uh, yeah, all those things are true. Improv is fun. I mean, improv is a great way if you're a comedian to work on crowd work, to work on what to do if, like, a joke doesn't land, you know? You kind of build those skills. My jokes always land, so I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what you're jokes? talking about. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> all right, let's uh, meet our guest today. There's that third voice you're about to hear in a second. Bronson Jones, welcome to the show. He's the brown guy. I'm the brawn guy. That's yeah, what there we're you go. Here. Oh, there brown, you go. Be brawn and brown and brawn, I guess, if I'm... Am I the beauty then? Yeah, you yeah, have to be. You're I guess definitely I'm, the hottest one. You're not the brains. <laughs> definitely not. All right, I probably am the least educated person in the room because I went from 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 you who has a master's to Sandeep who's got a doctorate. And did you have what kind of degree do you have, Bronson? I, I have a BA and a BS. Oh, okay, so you got two. I've only got the BA. So yeah, mm. I'm I'm as always the least educated person <laughs> in the room. Perfect for running the show. And Bronson, you are a bi-coastal comic. Yeah, I live in Venice Beach, and I just picked up a room and an apartment in uh, Spanish Harlem. So basically, I'm going to the from the barrio to the barrio, coast yeah. to coast. No, and you run a show out there called the Venice Underground Comedy. Is that right? Venice Underground Comedy every Wednesday night. If you're ever in Venice Beach, it's uh, on Windward Avenue, which is the dead center going into the boardwalk. So I missed it last night. The only reason I haven't moved to New York or to London in the last three years is because that show is so fun. It's 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 the biggest non. Uh, it's the biggest weekly show that's not in a proper comedy. Yeah, book. I actually I went. I was there yeah. about four or five years ago because you've been doing that for how long now? Six and a half years. Yeah, I was years. there about five years ago. One of my friends was on it. And she's like, "Yeah, come to this show that I'm on." I'm like, "All right, fucking, I got nothing else to do." Yeah. That was awesome. That's a great venue. It's great. It's also it's the only proper proper basement in all of uh, Los Angeles. Like cause Los Angeles doesn't really have basements, and so it's the only show in a proper proper basement where you can't get in from the street level or whatever. You actually get to walk in, go downstairs. It's a true speakeasy from back in the um, Prohibition era. And so what happens is New York comics and London comics, like anybody who's not from LA. Like mm -hmm. Chicago people, because most of those rooms are down at basements. When they walk down the stairs and they get in this room, 
in the separate, you know, separate bar. They're, they're like, oh, I'm home. It's, it's, I, I just love it. And the people in Venice, they're crazy. Venice is a lunatic asylum. Like, you know, pe- some people in LA are like, how do you live there? And I'm like, if I have to explain it, you, you can't understand it. It's yeah, crazy. Venice is in a lot of ways, it's sort of like parts of Brooklyn here. Like, there's a certain level of like weirdness and craziness that like that neighborhood prides itself on. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of how it is here. And, and what we're in what Bushwick, Williams, where are we? Yeah. Right? yeah. We're, in, we're in Bushwick. I mean, maybe yeah. East Williamsburg. I don't know. That same level of I, dirty and crazy. I always describe it as it's Greenwich Village if you dropped a beach next to it and put a circus right on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. that's a very accurate description there. Yeah. Like you see people in costumes and you're like, I don't know if that's a costume or that's literally just the way that guy dresses every single day. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that is definitely yeah. how it is in the village on most nights, especially on weekends. And they do it year-round, too, I noticed. Even though it's January, that doesn't stop the crazies from coming out. Well, basically, it only rains in February, really, in, in California. Like, yeah. It's very rare to, like, that's our rainy month. So people are like, oh, mm-hmm. what, what, what's your bad month? And we're like, well, February, it might rain 20 of the 28 days. <laughs> and um, But it's still going to be it's still going to be 50 degrees at the coldest. You know, it's, it never gets colder. I, I don't think I've ever... I've only seen snow in Los Angeles, I think, twice well, in the way to rub it two in. years I've been there. <laughs> well, I've been here for the last eight or six winters, so. That's good. You know, you it's, now, do people forget how to drive there when it snows like a half inch? Because I feel like every time it snows in either Texas or L.A., then when the news comes on, you just see people spinning out, driving like 20 snow, miles an hour. They, when, when it rains there, people freak out. Oh, really? What happens is it, it rains so <laughs> f- infrequently that all the oil builds up on the road. And then when it does, when the first couple of rains hit, even a light mm-hmm. sprinkle, all the oils kind of come up and, you know, it starts, it actually makes the roads quite a bit slippier. Really? But people still drive like, like for me, having grown, grown up outside of Philadelphia and then living in Colorado, like full snow places, I just drive around like you people are complete idiots. But Yeah, I grew up in Connecticut. I can drive 75 in a blizzard, no flinching while yeah. drinking a coffee. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, yeah, I've got fucking skills there. All right. So if you're out in LA, definitely go to Venice Beach. What's the name of the venue that you do that? The venue's called The Townhouse. It's every single Townhouse. Wednesday night. It's free show. 150 people show up. Make sure you get... We open the basement doors at 9. Get there at 9 because once the, we hand out wristbands and once they're done... If, any, if you're from oh, New York and you want a description of it, I always describe it as it's basically like um, the Knitting Factory show, but even more New York as far as the comedy goes. Like like mm. Knitting Factory gets a little more alt. Like, you know, here in Williamsburg, it's going to get slightly alty. Yeah. And and the people in Venice, they like it gritty and raw. And, and so they like, like it more like New York comedy. They like stand-up like comedy club. as yeah. opposed to, you know, charts and fucking leotards and wigs and yeah. the real alty kind of kind of shit. All right. I think you're just describing ballet and theater as opposed yeah. to all comedy. Part, parts of all comedy. <laughs> describing art. Yeah. <laughs> describing people who yeah. actually prep their shows. <laughs> Put effort into it. There we go. So are we ready to get into some outrage, gentlemen? Yeah, let's sure. do it. Yeah. All right. Mad. So this week, two stories as always here. And we're going to start in, uh, I'm going to fuck the name of this place up, in Wauwatoso, Wisconsin. Hopefully I said that right. Wauwatoso. It's got to be like a Native American name or some shit. I have no idea. Probably. <laughs> Probably. So some parents are outraged at the local elementary school called the Our Redeemer Lutheran School. Lutheran religious folks mm-hmm. here. And mm-hmm. there's kids in the fourth grade that were given a homework assignment where they were told they had to write three reasons why slavery is bad, followed by three reasons why slavery is good. And as you can imagine, <laughs> there was a bit of outrage there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, why? <laughs> like, why did they, why, what's the purpose of that question? 
Well, I think that what they were trying to do is teach children about critical thinking. They, well, I, I read the article and then I watched the... Uh, I don't know. Do you post the links to what you did? Is, Sometimes I, watched, I do. I might for this one. Yeah. We'll see. I, I feel like the, I need more context here because I didn't. Yeah, I only read the article. I read the article and then I watched the video. And usually the videos are worse. You know, like is it some local news channel on the interviews? Oh yeah, they're the best. And uh, in there, they sort of say that that somebody from the school, like an administrator or the teacher, or somebody said what they're trying to do is they're they're it was for a sh they're trying to teach kids how to debate and that that on yeah. every issue there's yeah. there's there's a positive and negative and you need to learn the other side so you can debate the other side. And um, I mean, they didn't sort of put that much words into it, but that's what they were saying. They're trying to teach kids to debate. Yeah. What I found funny is that they also had an interview with a lady. Like they had a couple different uh, parents. Of course, they only picked the black parents to talk to, which you know, obviously yeah, they course. would be. Yeah. I, I could see it much more incensed by this because yeah. it, it hits fucking home. And um, <laughs> but the one of the woman goes, and I can't even understand why at a Christian school. They would teach something about the benefits of slavery. And I'm like, have you read the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> There's slaves all over that book. I can't believe a Christian would be a hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> I am flabbergasted. You know, it's funny you mentioned the home thing. So that's one of the quotes. One of the parents said that uh, she thought it was offensive and, and uh, insensitive, and she couldn't believe they'd send something like this home because it was a yeah. homework yeah. assignment. I mean, As opposed to, yeah, just do it in class. Yeah. Could you imagine, though, like yeah. a little black kid saying to his mom, like, hey, mommy, can you tell me three reasons why slavery are great? Right. Like, what? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, it, it, think about, let's flip it around and like something that would uh, outrage people maybe wouldn't be as outraged by this, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, name three arguments for and three arguments against killing all white people. Like, it's the same. It's like, because oh, we're fucking horrible, dude. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, arguably, there's, uh, there's more reasons, but, uh, the bad outweighing the good. It's what it's I, debating. It's it's putting someone's humanity up for debate. That's what it is. Because when you okay. talk about slavery in America, you're talking about like chattel slavery, which well, is not that far. Well, here's the thing: is that the question, and the suppose was in just in general the concept of slavery. Although in a fourth grade classroom, I don't know if the kids. Right, are I doubt they're getting into yet. much nuance, right? Yeah. Are they talking about the Greeks yeah. and the Romans? Are they talking about you know? Yeah, I mean, I, are they I talking have about my all the famous doubts. ones from the Bible. Christian yeah. schools are also not <laughs> notorious for being like especially nuanced and thorough in their history. Yeah. Like, like you and I could have a conversation coverage. right now and have three great reasons why it, for and against slavery. I'm sure like we, we, we could do that here. But yeah, at fourth grade, I mean, I, I can see this being like a 10th grade assignment or something. But like fourth grade, these kids are what that's, it makes them what, eight, maybe nine years old. Fourth grade is probably nine. Ten. Fourth grade is like, yeah, nine. nine oh, okay. Nine. Well, th that's not a huge difference, but. <laughs> yeah. But my, uh, you know, probably why is because at a, at a Christian school, they're not going to talk about evolution. They're not going to talk about science or any facts. So they may as well just debate things that are in the, they're probably going through the Bible. Like, oh, they talk about slavery. Let's talk about the good and the bad of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a one-liner that I, I have uh, not used for some time because it, it's, it's, it's a tough one. But uh, it's, uh, everyone agrees that slavery is wrong. But nobody wants to work. Ah, you know it's a tough one. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's reason one right there. I mean, that's that's literally the reason for slavery. Yeah, if you want to get shit done and you want to get shit done at, at low labor costs, there, there's two. Yeah. <laughs> there's two reasons. There are three that we need. Here's my my thing that I wanted to kind of talk about with this, and we we do pick stories on this show that oftentimes have a larger kind of bigger theme, and I think that part of the outrage with this is someone just hearing the word slavery and getting super pissed off about it because the assignment was three good and three bad. The assignment wasn't go home and ask your parents why slavery kicks ass and we should bring it back and send everyone back to the fields. The assignment was to create sort of a balanced argument. 
So I feel like we were at this point in society now where you can't even talk about anything anymore. You 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 mention certain words and people think that you're either like hard pro or hard against it, and they they put your stance in your mouth. Uh, I don't think this teacher is like a you know anti-abolitionist. Hey, maybe they are. I don't know, but I, I highly doubt. I it. think the teacher is at best like a fucking idiot. Like the most <laughs> the most charitable interpretation <laughs> that I can come up with is that this person is a fucking moron. Like. Every, it gets worse from there. But uh, I love that the, the, the principal said it's been removed from the curriculum, which makes me think, has this question yeah. been there for years? Right? And this is the first time somebody. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Like actually. All, all the clans people. Yeah. Like, we learned this shit way yeah. back when, man. Right. We, we can't figure out what to say was bad <laughs> about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it happens. We do a lot of stories like this on this show. For whatever reason, or there's a lot of school based outrage stories. People yeah. always get mad at what their kids are being right. exposed to. And oftentimes there are teachers who are just kind of old school. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is one of them uh, who do assignments that were acceptable in the 90s or 80s or however. And people are just not OK with it anymore. And it bubbles up and there's, you know, it makes the fucking news. And we hear about it in New York and drink alcohol and debate it for some reason on a podcast. You know, but like I, I do think this is probably something that's been in the curriculum for decades. Yeah, I have yeah. to imagine. But it's fucked up. I will say I think the outrage is not misplaced. And I think it's kind of fucked up because like, I OK, so if I put myself in... Like, say I'm in fourth grade, brown kid, okay, and we get an assignment, say I'm in school in London, and we get an assignment mm-hmm. that's like three good reasons, and then three three reasons that colonialism was bad, and three reasons that colonialism was good. I don't want to hear all these fucking British kids that I'm <laughs> surrounded by tell me why it was why colonialism was good. Well, have you read the book Sapiens? No. And it's, it's written by a, a, a PhD, and, and he's of Indian descent, but he actually goes through the history of the world and he talks about colonialism, you know, like basically it's the, the world has been built by empires mm-hmm. and that even, yeah. you know, everybody's like, get the English out of you. Like, you know, the, the strong Indian people who are like, get the English out of here. They're like, but they're not getting rid of the railroads and not getting rid of all the actual positives that came. It's a really sure. weird thing when you look at the advancement of civilization that, that we've constantly been overrun by people, but that's gotten us to where we are. Right. Whether this is better or not. And that's reason say. three I why mean, slavery is great here in the fake outrage. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. They're the When you look at the actual legacy of, say, colonialism, it's more complicated than just saying good or bad. Yeah. But what is, I think, what is undeniably bad and is the... Like the British didn't go to India with the or like none of the Europeans went anywhere being like, hey, we're going to make life better for everyone. It was like they went in there to like rape and pillage natural resources and then like make life better for us. Yeah, exactly. So if if I like if they if people reap benefits generations down the line, that's not that doesn't mean that what happened was good. It just means it wasn't completely shitty. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I would that sounds like a really good book. I so the that. the three reasons it's good are <laughs> <laughs> No, and also I mean Dinesh D'Souza, um everyone's uh, favorite Indian author. God, I really hate that so many Indians in public life are such shitheads. You got D'Souza <laughs> that's, that's why we let them talk. <laughs> <laughs> I apparently yeah, white people love him. Um he has like chapter one of his books called Two Cheers for Colonialism and like why it's good. Jesus. Like, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible because three you, cheers? Two cheers. Two cheers. Because he's like, oh, you know, it was like, yeah, it was bad, but it was kind of good. Mm. That's basically his argument. Yeah. Well, again, that, that's what the thing is. We're having an adult conversation about this right now. Whereas I don't know if like applying it to a fourth grade. This classroom is what I'm saying. Is the, this yeah, is what I'm saying. Is the best As adults, thing. we can have this conversation about these these nuanced things because like we can get into them in, in their full depth. But like as as a child. Speaking of as a child, just because I am the nerd who there is somebody's homework assignment was the screen cap on the uh yeah. or the the, mm-hmm. the 
keyframe for the video. And so I, of course, took a still frame of it and blew it up to see what did this kid write. Because now we can get into the mind of a fourth, fourth grader, and his name is blurred out. But uh, for the why was slavery good, he goes, I feel there is no good reason for slavery. That's why I did not write. So he skipped those three answers, which I'm like, this kid is going to be a great lawyer to be like, I'm not doing any of this fucking work I don't want to do. Yeah. But his I number one that. bad reason was biting them. So apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the number two, splitting them up from family members. That totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number three was making them do your chores. <laughs> kid has a, his understanding of slavery is all over the place but i, I love that the, the, there's two for three actually in my book is is the kid does understand like yeah the, our country was built off of using human beings like machines before we had machines that's what's that's what you know that's why we not we not me but people consider them property and that's you know they were they were human machines and mm-hmm. that goes way back in the history so you know really the cotton gin put all the slaves out of work but um it's, I love that the kid just sees it as chores. He's like, if I had a slave in my house, he'd be he'd be washing the dishes, taking right. out the trash. Well, there were slaves stuff. that were that were uh, quote unquote in the house. That would be oh, use the, the word. The Go ahead. Chores. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we actually we, we had a half an episode about that. We like a couple years ago. Nico what? White taught me what that term meant. Oh, you knew, yeah, you yeah, knew yeah. what he knew, and I was like, wait, what does that mean? What does the H word before the N word mean? Yeah, and yeah, I had yeah. to I had to learn about that on the. Live you on can say word. house. You can still say house. You can say the house. I can yeah. say the word house. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Did, did I say the, the H word? The HN word. <laughs> the H hyphen word. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing is that I, I think that it's important to teach about uh, difficult topics, not just slavery, but other things like, you know, murder and rape and all these bad things. And, and maybe fourth grade isn't the right level to teach it. But I do think at some point in part of the educational uh, curriculum anywhere should be about learning how to structure an argument yeah. Or against something. And yeah, so sure. I, I feel like people maybe thought this was too sensitive for a kid, but at the same time, I don't really think that in general this should be completely removed from any curriculum. So, like, I, I'm not really with the outrage fully on this one. And it sounds like you disagree with me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I do okay. disagree with you because, okay. because like, it, as far as, like, debates go, uh, this is very, this is kind of timely. What is what we were talking about, um, like, in the midst of all the chaos after the election and talking about, like, can you debate a Nazi and like there's like a time and a place for a debate and there's context for debate and there's a million topics in the world worthy of debate. Three reasons why Nazis are great. Go. I can't <laughs> debate. Like I I've, I've met neo-Nazis. Like I, I can't, I can't debate them. Oh yeah. You are from Texas. Aren't if you? One of the, if one of the planks of their like argument is like you're an animal, then how am I supposed to debate them? Cause then you're already starting off on an equal footing where it's like, Oh, you're subhuman. I'm human. It's like having I can't yeah, have a see, debate with someone that's, that thinks I'm a dog. You know, that's why I honestly think it's it's more difficult. It's easier for somebody like me, white guy, right? Right. To debate a neo-Nazi because basically every point they're making, I can go, but that's not true, and I I can say that with authority because I'm one of you. Like we are animals. We are all fucking animals, right? Yeah. And you are no better than them. And your real rationale for hating some minority is that you think they're the ones holding you down when really it's not it's corporations and by the way if you're racist you failed you fucking failed like i have every (laughs) privilege i was handed like the fucking world series of poker fucking grand slam hand winner when i was born tall white uh middle class yeah you are tall how how tall are you by the way six seven jesus and i actually looked it up today because somebody asked me what percentile that puts me in and it puts me in in 99.9.3 99.93 percentile yeah. wow. on the planet. Yeah, it's basically you in the starting you, line. So you're in the, the one percent of tall people. I'm in the 
in the point point one percent. Yeah, and by the way, you're also wearing boots with a heel on it too. So fuck you. Yeah. That uh, makes me six eight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, you know what I am? I'm like, I'm like the Waltons of of height. Of height, you know what I mean? Like it's so. <laughs> like I think this: if we want to change, if we want to change the economy, we don't go. We don't yell at the one percenters. We yell at the point one percenters because the one percenters are also getting fucked by those people, and they don't sit around because one percent is only three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. One really? that, that's one percent, right? And so they're getting screwed like shit by the people who are in the ten ten million hundred million dollars. You know, like the people who are making a billionaire and whatever. It's like they, they're in their head. They're like, oh, I'll be there. You're like, you're never going to be there. And yeah. those people are fucking you. So why don't we tax those people and take some of that shit off your back? Yeah. 0.9% people. All right. That's so, a nuanced class work there, argument here. On there the you go. There's, report. Yeah, I'm that's, that's my three reasons the one percenters are good. Because 90% of them are actually poor as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is definitely a tax point you get to where you're, you're getting taxed and you might as well make 50000 less than what you make because you're not taking home any more money. Yeah. Like somebody explained that to me one time in much more intelligent ma- matter. Anyway, uh, anyway, so back to the chores. school, the, the chores <laughs> thing here. Uh, I'm gonna go fake outrage in this one. Actually, I really think that it's it's important to teach people, no matter how offensive the topic, to to learn about both sides and to to try to craft an argument, even though something is you know offensive. Yeah. Sounds like you're going. Legitimate. Yeah, no, I, I completely disagree. But I've already think I've expressed why. So. Okay, so I mean, it's it looks like, like I, the deciding it's vote is over here like, on the couch. What if it was a Jewish kid and it's like three reasons why the Holocaust was good and three reasons why it was bad? Look, here's the thing. Obviously, at the end of that debate, the person that was saying that it was bad is going to be the winner. But for the sake of creating a debate, I'm sure some asshole. Not, I somewhere... think I think this falls into like what used to be called sophistry to distinguish it from philosophy. It's like argument for the sake of argument. Well, yeah, but you, I think it's important, and especially think, now with I, this divisive fucking land we live in, I, for I, people I, to be able to talk like that. I actually do think, when, especially like when you're, you're talking about something as extreme as debating a neo-Nazi, is uh, I, the only way to sort of combat uh, racism or ignorance is education, exposure, and empathy. And you have to te- you have to learn the empathy of why does this person feel so shitty about themselves that they hate everybody else? Because then you're instead of attacking him, you're going, look, let's let's figure out what's wrong with you. So you can stop yelling at, at people of color. You can stop yelling at, at the Jews or whatever, you know, like, like <laughs> settle down Nazi because let's fix your life. Let's find out what's really going on because they, when you, it's like, yeah, it, they're being stupid. They're being so ignorant, but you also have to get into that. But as far as the outrage of this is, I think that people are outraged because it's worded so poorly is instead okay. of saying what, what financial benefits came out of slavery. And because then you can also go, then, then there are some re, there are reparations that should be paid. And understanding why white people have a leg up over everybody, even once they're free, they weren't free. You know, they were like broke as shit and no access to any sort of economic ladder to climb. Yeah. So there is, there's a lot of stuff, and you know, as far as debating it goes, it helps to understand everything around it. But giving that to a fourth grader, that's what I'm saying. I somehow doubt like these kids are going to get any of those. All right. So it sounds like legit outrage. I'm outvoted on that one, two to one. No, I, I actually, and I have to say, the thing I like is that oh. these parents are so actually involved in what their kids' homework That's, is. Yeah. That part shocked me. I was like, right. I was like, parents actually know what their kids are doing for homework. It's great. Yeah. All right. So, how, so are you with this woman's outrage, or you think maybe it's you know a little bit I, I th- overtoned? I th- the thing is, when actually the two interviews with the two ladies, the two mothers that were speaking, is they 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 weren't outraged. They weren't they weren't out there picketing and stuff. They were really going. We don't understand why this would be in the classroom, and and like they were. Mm-hmm. They, their argument for it was very much like, of course, this is going to make people angry. Why wouldn't like they weren't? Yeah, like what? what outrage did you to expect? me is, is people being ridiculous, 
and there was they were completely being sober and 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 calm in the way they were expressing their anger. Right. So, so it, first, yeah. So I'll I'll go with them the way they the the way these two mothers presented it seemed appropriate right. to me. So Bronson Jones, pro mother and pro outrage in this case, two to one, uh, legit outrage in that one. Moving along now, we're staying in America for this one. We're staying in in what I assume is probably white America. We're going to Kentucky with this next story. We're going to Lagrange, Kentucky, where there is a new jail opening. Jay, how cool would it be? And I, I'm asking this facetiously. Yeah. <laughs> if you could spend, uh, if you could be one of the first people to spend a night in a brand new jail. Oh my God! It, 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 would you pay a hundred dollars for that? No. <laughs> do you realize? If, do you realize if you're in Kentucky, you could spend that first night there, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> Just get some moonshine and raise a ruckus. So what happened was there's a new jail out there called the Oldham County Jail, and they're running a, an event. It's a I guess a sort of charity fundraiser thing. Uh, it's called The Joint is Jumping. This joint is jumping. Which is this joint in particular. This joint is, is jumping. jumping. And how it is, what it is, is it's for a minimum $100 donation. You can uh, spend, be one of the first people to spend a night at this jail. And they give you your own mugshot and your own jumpsuit. And they feed you a prison breakfast and a prison dinner. <laughs> Uh, and your, the money goes to a uh, various list of yeah. Look at this! I love this. Uh, proceeds will go to various participating organizations, including the American Red Cross, the Humane Society of Oldham County, the Ohio Valley Railroad Historical Foundation, and the South Oldham Little League. <laughs> Fantastic! I thought this other group was in support, but a group voicing opposition. Uh, Louisville showing up for racial justice. Because it's like, yeah, let's let's all have fun and have a slumber party in the jail before you shove all the black people in there. A lot of the money's going <laughs> to the Black Lives Matter organizations. Yeah. Yeah, black people can't even get a new jail. White I people really, have to use it first. So I doubt there's many, many black kids in South Oldham Little League. I have my suspicions. You think? <laughs> I, yeah, I have my doubts. Right, so uh, as uh, Ajay just uh, sort of um, teased a little bit, the, the outrage of this was uh, racially based again. And there was uh, a few organizations that were upset with how this was happening. And one of the guys who was from the... Louisville showing up for racial justice, which is a uh, racial civil rights organization. He uh, he said that you know a lot of the nonprofits serve low income people with their purposes, and he thinks it's sort of you know screwed up that you're doing a charity event and making fun of the prison life, uh, and then you're going to be turning around and sort of like telling these low income people that you're yeah. serving the community. It's sort of like a weird conflict of interest. Sure, it's a silver lining for a jail. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I mean, you don't even have to make, I mean, there's a racial component, but it's not like he said, low income people, Yeah. I, regardless, regard, put the whole like racial thing aside. Like it's obviously, it's like, this is clearly in bad taste. It's hilarious, but it's an hilariously it, bad taste. It is. It is. Well, <laughs> it's hilarious. I, I will tell you this is because, because I live in Los Angeles and I used to work in film production and I was doing a music video and we needed to do some prison scenes in the music mm -hmm. video. And, uh, there was a women's prison in Los Angeles area, I forget the name of it, but it was closed down for sort of repairs and, you know, renovations or whatever. And so it became the de facto film location for prison stuff. And uh, I have to tell you, we had so much fun running around this <laughs> fucking place. And uh, just like, and we were like, lock me in the cell, lock me yeah, in the yeah, cell, yeah. and just locking each other in. And like, it was, it was, yeah. it's pretty amazing to run around a jail and while you're not in jail. I've been in jail when, <laughs> for one night when I was not there of my own volition. My own fault, but not my volition. <laughs> yeah. and, what did um, you do, if you don't mind? Uh, oh, kind of you know, every now and then you get behind the wheel of a car when you're not supposed to. And that, oh, you yeah. see, we in, in L.A., I know that that's a little more of an issue, but in New York, nobody cares. That's one thing I love about living here. You can get hammered 
every well, night so of the week. You don't have to drive here. Yeah, there's no driving here. There's it's no subway or taxi. I thought you were going to say, like, that's what I love about New York. Like, you can just get drunk and drive all you want. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody has cars, but yeah. when we do, we're no fucked one cares. up. <laughs> I don't often drive. Keep it under 25, no one's going to notice. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And so, get drunk and get a zip car. So, as far as the uh, this story goes, you mentioned the the Ohio Valley Railroad Historical Foundation, and there was Fantastic. a guy. There was a guy named Bob Wildman. This is some parks is, and rec shit, right which is here. a wonderful name, by the way, for a guy who represents that organization, <laughs> Bob Wildman. Uh, and he says that you know he thinks it's a great idea that they do this event, and he hopes that uh, you know some teens will go, and maybe some troubled teens will see what the jail looks like, and you know. Feel like, oh shit! I don't want to be incarcerated. This, this is going to be their time. scared straight moment. Is going yeah. to a party? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're talking about how they're going to have reception and cocktails and stuff. The kids yeah. like jail looks awesome. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah! I'm stealing a car tomorrow. This, <laughs> this is amazing. Some one at least one of the kids is going to like really love the food, <laughs> and like that's going to be it for them. <laughs> Wait, you mean I can have this every day? Yeah. Oh yeah. man. All right. Where's my baseball bat? Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> how that is. Uh, and so the groups participating in this were pressured by some of the advocacy groups saying, like, you know, you should drop your participation. This looks bad and all this. And uh, they basically didn't because there, there's a lot of money involved because you yeah. figure it's, it's a charity a three, event. We're raising money. It's a 300 room prison. You figure you sell at least 200 tickets, at least 100 ahead. You do the math there. You get a small cut of that. That's tens of thousands of dollars for your charity or your nonprofit. And so that's uh, they kind of stuck by it right there. I don't know. Well, think about this. As comedians, we do benefits all the time, right? Like, there's always people like, oh, let's do a comedy charity event. And every now and again, you know, some kids' charity, so you know there's going to be kids there, so that, you know, it is sort of, you know, you're booked knowing full well it's a clean show. But a lot of times, it's just people doing their regular act. And if you really think about what a lot of people's regular acts are, they're pushing the boundaries, they're pushing the limits. They are saying things that trigger or that are offensive. Sure. And, and, if every charity had to go through the list of comics and the jokes and had this, you'd be like, no, they could never do a comedy event again. So I'm just looking at this as a giant comedy event in the jail. And sure. if you guys want to set that up, I'm willing to work on it. <laughs> Who books that? Didn't Jeff Ross do that a couple years ago? He did he a did, prison he, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah a prison. We'll do a prison show. Dude, I would fun. love to do it. Are you kidding me? We yeah. should totally do a prison show. Yeah. That, talk Let's, about a captive audience. Can we, yeah. huh? can we huh? set up a prison uh, okay. tour? I think this, did you, did you watch I, it? I would, do, I would do a prison I would totally tour in that. a fucking heart. That'd be amazing. That would be so dope. The fake outrage report prison tour. Yeah. What what blew me away about his thing is that he did it in a prison, but he's also a crowd work guy. You know what I mean? So you're yeah. literally shitting on, on murderers yeah. and, and people who are in there. And and when you watch it, they, they love they're kind of laughing and they kind of liked it. Yeah. But in my head, I'm also going, dude, you could do the one wrong joke to the one wrong. Because I've done I've done 1% biker gangs. You know, I've done those shows. And every now and then it goes through my head. Like, I do realize, like, if, if I, or there's actually 1%ers who come to a lot of my shows. And uh, the, the main guy, like, he's a good friend of mine. I've known him a long time. And so I'll kind of make fun of him. But all the prospects, like, the guys who are supposed to kick anybody's ass who makes fun of him, is they're not, they're fucking uncomfortable until they see that we actually have a relationship and he laughs. And I've seen it in their face where every now and then I'm like, oh, fuck this new guy. He doesn't know that we're cool. So <laughs> the prison thing scared me. Oh, so like, it's kind of like when, like, someone, yeah. like a white comic does a black people joke and everyone looks at the two black audience members like, is it cool? Yeah. Like, for approval first. So or they or we, we always call it out like, hey, they're laughing. <laughs> and then the rest of the crowd goes, ha, ha, but meanwhile, they weren't laughing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the boss said it was okay. Don't hurt me. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm not laughing, you yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really see the, as far as this prison event goes, I don't see the, the direct harm in it because I do think it's a charity event and I do think it's mostly for good causes. It's for like little, little leagues and Red Cross and shit. So I think that 
it does good, um, like more harm than good, at least monetarily. So I'm going to go fake outrage in this one too. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, like I said, I think it's in hilariously bad taste. It that's, is in that's bad my taste. Take on it. I think it's absolutely in bad taste, but I mean, I'm not personally outraged by it. I think I'm just too amused by it to be angry, but I, I, I do see where people are coming from. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell someone that's mad about it, that they're wrong. They they have more investment in it emotionally yeah. than I do, obviously. So they're, they're I feel like their opinion is valid, but like I'm not I'm not upset. I would t- I totally want to go to this event. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would I would go I would go just to watch and like see. For one observe. night, you can go to jail is doing something <laughs> positive for the community in general. Jails, you know, if you, if they were actually functioning for what they're supposed to, they're all positive for the community. They just they're <laughs> yeah. The system surrounding it has made it into a, you know, if it's a work farm, yeah. I'd be like, what is, is this a no. for-profit prison? I don't even know. I that would add a whole another wrinkle. I actually I have no idea. I mean, it's in Kentucky. It's only three hundred uh, cells, though. Mm. Aren't, aren't the for-profit ones like a lot bigger than that? I don't know anything about prison. I don't really. know enough about them yeah. to yeah. say that it, much. But is it a prison or is it a jail? Uh, it says a jail. I think so jail. it's probably yeah. just, it's a oh, county yeah, so jail. It's probably just yeah, yeah. regular just ass county government thing. Yeah. So three hundred cells probably means probably like twelve hundred to fifteen hundred people. Because they usually cells in a jail. Because you're not supposed to be in there really longer. You're in there until your trial's over, and then you're shipped to somewhere else. Unless it's like a really small offense, then you might. So it's stay like there. holding cells, like not necessarily like. Well, like, like 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 so when when say OJ was on trial for a year and a half or whatever, mm-hmm. is he was actually in LA, some kind of LA County Jail. Oh, okay. And then from there, if he was sentenced, he would have gone to a prison. Gotcha. And uh, so basically, while you're in the in the court process, you're you're in there unless you can post bail. And, uh, you know, I think he was just in the no bail zone. But, yeah, I mean, there are people that and actually the funniest, not the funniest thing, the people I've talked to in L.A., they're like the L.A. County Jail is actually scarier than any kind of prison they send you into because you're really kind of packed in there and you could be in there for DUI next to a guy who's in there for murder. Whereas mm, if Jesus. you go to prison, you're, you're, you know, you're going to minimum security versus a maximum security. Yeah. What kind yeah. of jail do you go to, if you don't mind me asking? Which is the Redondo <laughs> Beach Jail. And... uh it just sounds like a one-star hotel at that point. It, it was it Redondo was, Beach. Well, what's what's interesting about it, it was it was also Halloween weekend, so I was in there with a kid dressed like Superman. There's <laughs> dudes dressed like cheerleaders. Uh, I was dressed like the Terminator, so I had on leather <laughs> pants and a T-shirt. They took my leather jacket oh, and I uh, took my amazing. boots. That's funny. What and year that, was this? The Terminator was this like 1990? Like what the fuck? No, nah, this was 20. It was 10 years ago, so 20. Okay, 2008. Yeah. Yeah, there have been Terminator movies in there. What the fuck am I saying? Yeah, it's also, I mean, Terminator's iconic. It's also my go-to costume because I own a lot of leather shit because I have motorcycles and it's just easy to fucking throw on a white t-shirt. And yeah, sunglasses and other pants, sunglasses. And at that point, I was clean shaven. Actually, my 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 mug shot from in there is one of the best photos anybody's ever taken of me. I, I, <laughs> if, if you dig onto my Facebook or my Instagram, it shows I, I post it about once a year. It literally is like I was like, God damn, I look fucking good in that picture. <laughs> He's is that gonna be your, uh, it's got to be your, your back of your album cover or something like that, yeah, right? It should be. Eventually. Yeah, totally. So it looks, sounds like we're going fake outrage in this one. This isn't like a huge, huge deal. This isn't yeah. directly hurting anybody. I have a bigger issue with prison or jails and, and the system than yeah. I do with, with throwing a charity event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of and they are kind of, they're fucking neat as fuck if you've never been in one. Like yeah. if you don't have to be in and you actually have access to leave, they're fucking cool. Yeah. I've, I've never uh, been in any of those situations really. You've never toured know. like Alcatraz? Well, yeah, I toured Alcatraz, but that's the little... Ooh, that's the thing to ask all these outraged people. Have you toured Alcatraz? And as, as soon as they say yeah, they go, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I read, read that thing on the wall, Alcatraz, that said that the people that were there were more well-read 
than most like Harvard scholars because they had nothing to do but just like sit around and read all day. Yeah. And like this is like what, like the twenties? There's no, you know, iPhones or anything yet. So like they just read books constantly. So yeah, these dudes were apparently like super smart, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Which were... is crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll did tell you, you ever what... see The Rock? Wait, what's that movie where they all escape from Alcatraz? Is it The Rock? Um, escape from Alcatraz is the actual escape from Alcatraz. The Rock is yeah. when they're out there on a tour that then then they get held hostage by, oh, okay. by people with missiles or some shit. Yeah, that's right. Okay, never mind. Um but Escape from Alcatraz, that's the one with Clint Eastwood before before he was talking to fake chairs. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> wow, <geez. laughs> uh, Dropping a 2012 reference there. So we'll go fake Arrage in that one. Uh, before we leave, we always give our guests the opportunity. Oh. Other than prisons, is there anything you're outraged about, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bronson Jones? I'm out, I, like, in all honesty, all of these things, I, I find them problematic. I have a bigger outrage effect. I mean, if you, I could be mad about that, but I'm more kind of frustrated that we have President Trump. Like the fact that 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 exists, and I that it's so normal now. I travel like I go to the UK every every summer to do Edinburgh, and so I talk to you know. Leaving this country, you get a much better perspective on this country, the greatness mm -hmm. of it, and the the fucking wrongs with it, and just to see that we become like this international just laughing stock, and but it's become like you're saying it's normalized where now people are really kind of going, yeah, that's what America does, and the, that I have bigger issues with that. Some of the stuff he's pushing through that I can't sit around and do this. I have I have issues with people in America claiming victimhood on everything. We were talking about that earlier with trigger warnings and comedy shows. Yeah. And uh, I didn't, I didn't have the fucking greatest childhood or whatever, but I'm like, I don't blame a comic making a bad joke about something that happened to me as a child on the comic. I still go back to the perpetrator of the events. So I'm like, I'm like, you, you can't, I and know. I understand other that, people. Have that's that's nuanced well. and rational. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. In this fucking country. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I remember thinking that back in like the, 2000s when it was w the same thing about because there's a certain sense whoever the american president is that that person is literally the representative for the rest of us and so like when this guy spews all this crazy shit it, it's kind of it, like it's a little embarrassing because it's like oh yeah, shit, no, the rest of the world thinks that we're all fucking like that yeah you know i forget god I, I, give me two seconds to look up his name there's a, there's a comedian he's from australia his name's steve and i saw him in london one of the best jokes I've ever heard, and I, I want to make sure that I credit him so that, oh, fuck, it's not showing up on my phone. Um, Australian guy, long hair, rock and roll, Steven. You guys can find him. I think but, I know. He gave, like, a really popular, like, commencement yes. speech, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, And yeah. it's about this sort of stuff. It's about outrage and, and all this. One of the, my favorite things I ever heard a comic do is he was on stage, and he mentions Enya because he knows what's going to happen if somebody says, I fucking hate Enya. And he goes, how can you hate Enya when Dick Cheney is on this planet right now? What a waste of your energy. <laughs> and it's it's that idea of, of like like I can't be outraged by this little shit. It's annoying. Let's fix it. We yeah, I get it. Don't yeah. don't send home that homework assignment. <laughs> but don't waste your fucking screaming on that. We have to bring back the concept of levels. Yeah. Right? There's levels to shit. Where, I mean, yeah, that's what this show is about. Yeah, right. We're trying to uh get that nuance back. I think I'm starting to think my as far as comedy shows go, I, I think that like public service announcement, if like you could picture yourself Getting angry and getting up and leaving a comedy show over something a comic says, you should just not go to comedy shows. Yeah. yeah. That's well, what I think. Well, I'm starting to think that. One I, of the problems, I mentioned this earlier on the show, and I've been running into this lately if we're going to talk about comedy shows, is that people have this idea now, including other comics, which is fucking scary, that if you talk about a topic on stage, then you are that. Like if you make a joke about like hitting women or rape or slavery or whatever the case is, that means automatically you too are a rapist or you too are pro-slavery or whatever. And people don't allow fucking, you know, any type of vetting or levels to it. You know, it's just, oh, you mentioned that? Oh, you're that thing now too. You're evil. 
And it's fucking crazy. It's maddening to me. Sure. There's hypocrisy to a lot of it. Like, like if, if I have women who are feminist friends and men who are feminist friends who are like free the nipple, you know, the whole campaign that the breast, if a male breast mm-hmm. can be exposed anywhere on the beach, then so can a female breast. What's the difference? Sure. You know, like in New York city, the, the, there's women who walk around yeah, like that. And then there are people like, how dare you look at a breast? And I go, well, you got to make up your mind. Is this something we're allowed to look at or something we're not allowed to look at? Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's, yeah. it's a yeah. weird, they're trying there's to- a warring like sexual liberation yeah. and, a war- and a puritanical like, element as well yeah well sandy was talking about this about a month ago on the show he's saying like you know are women these powerful independent beings that are you know all kick-ass and all-knowing or are they delicate and fragile we need to protect them at every fucking step which is it because feminism is trying to have both lately and it's i don't want okay i don't want to jump into the feminism thing i think women want to be treated like humans like (laughs) well yeah of course but then you have when you go online it's it gets distorted you see those extremes where listen i will say this most matter pieces of shit right and we, like, yeah, we're, yeah. we're driven by this yeah. testosterone, sure. which is a horrifyingly yeah. powerful. And like we powerful. have our worst impulses validated yeah. and built by the culture when we grow up. And yeah. that's just now starting to be questioned. But we get into, we get into something. I'm not a pussy. This actually, <laughs> this, this came up on a podcast I was on the other day. And, and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of funny. And it's all about how like when men are alone, like it, it came down to the men doing all kinds of crazy stuff, grabbing each other's balls and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, you some guy like real in? like yeah. middle school locker room shit. Yeah, and it, as comedians, we're stuck in that level. You know what I mean? That happens. And somebody was talking about all this horrifying stuff. Like one of their buddies went in the shower, and, and uh, when he came out, the other two were going to be doing something just so graphically, ridiculously naked, you know, just to just to bust his balls. Yeah. And I heard that, and I kind of go, <laughs> that's kind of, that's if you really, really look at it, that's sort of the Louis situation where he goes, hey, do you guys mind if I jerk off in front of you? And they're like, yeah, go for it. And then he did it and they laughed. And I'm like, that is treating, like, that's that's comedians treating comedians like comedians, regardless of sex. But I realized he apparently never jerked off in front of men, so he is a sexual creep. Yeah. Well, no, it's also a power thing because, like, you know, like uh, Louis, I don't know. But he wasn't Louis then. He was Louis C.K. then. Yeah. Well, I don't know how, like, large these women are in terms of, like, their muscles. But, like, the thing is, most men pose a physical threat to most women. So, in that case of, like, you know, if I said to you, like, dude, can I rub it out in front of you? You're much bigger than me. You're, you'll be like, oh, that's weird, but sure, whatever. You know that I'm not going to force myself on you yeah. at any point. And that, that's the difference there is but the even, power thing. Even men, like, I've, I forget who, or like, because there have been some stories coming out about like men who have encountered like weird sexual stuff. So I don't know if I saw like someone post about it on Facebook or if it was a celebrity, but like Terry Crews had that issue. It was, there was Terry Crews where he, yeah, I think that was him, where he said like, you know, something happened and he also froze. You know, Terry fucking Crews who can kick like all three of our asses easy yeah with one on a arm. bad day with one arm tied behind his back froze when some like like peon weaselly executive came up and grabbed his junk or whatever yeah if, but how many times has your buddy grabbed your junk does it, does it are you really scarred for like yeah the, the, the target number is zero for that but you, by the way can we just can, why why are you why are you so precious what what's what's some things aren't sexual. Some things well, are funny. Well, no, it's just it's just weird. I don't care. I, don't care. I mean, it, it's I was never on like a football team, so I'm not used to dudes slapping my ass. But can we just talk well, about the Terry Crews thing? Was about sexual. the executive did, did that because I'm guessing that that executive was much smaller than Terry Crews. The balls on that guy to go up to Terry Crews and just grab yeah. his junk, knowing I mean, dude, Terry could have literally ripped his fucking head off. That's power, baby. Yeah, that's that's Hollywood power, apparently. Yeah. God damn, and Terry's sitting there thinking, I worked for all these muscles and I can't kill this guy. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Oh, man, that's a great place to end before we get too deep into three guys talking about feminism. Uh, so thank you for listening to us. Uh, you can email us anytime you'd like at thefakeoutragereport at gmail.com. Follow us at Fake Outrage Rep. Follow a J. Raj on Twitter. Yeah, or I'm at the Raj Report now. 
Oh, I fucking love that. It's nice, right? Kept the report in there. And you can follow Bronson Jones online at? All social media at Bronston Jones. B-R-O-N-S-T-O-N Jones. All right. And until next time, kids, um, if you're going to grab the balls, just do it lightly. Give it a nice tickle. 